0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of The X Button, Season 3, Episode 39. I'm one of your hosts, Alejandro, with me, uh, returning from the hidden burrow of the hidden ones.
1: Paul, oh, hey, everybody. I am going to immediately disappear again. <laughs> yeah. And you can't once stop a, me.
0: Yeah, once again, like, uh, Paul, just, like, non-committing to the podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just li- Life has just been... Uh, Everything for you, like either work trips or weddings or, hey, at least not natural disasters.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I am very glad that I haven't had to disappear for the sake of a natural disaster in a little while now. Um, Not for the lack of them happening in this world, but at least I'm just not in the area for that to hit me anymore.
0: Yeah, the only thing that a natural disaster could like stop you is if it's like a massive thunderstorm that knocks your electricity. That's like literally the only time I,
1: that is, yeah, that's the only way. Or if I somehow lived in New York all of a sudden, as we've seen all the videos.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) With all the floods happening. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. Like so, they got the hellscape that was like the dust, like the smoke from the Canadian fires and now like flooding. It's like, it's, it's a, the day after tomorrow over there. (laughs) So they're like literally living. it's crazy we
1: got the smoke as well it just didn't look as bad but they were like yeah don't go outside and replace your air filters Um, yeah because the smoke
0: happened while you were in nc already right
1: yep so it was like really hazy um and they were just like if you have any adverse reactions please go inside
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Mm. and over here it's like it's still raining like but it's like this is supposed Mm. to be the end of rainy season for us but as I learned last year that it rained all the way till December, like nothing makes sense because the world is ending. So, but enough of that because we need a little escape from all that nonsense because this is the X-Bottom podcast, or gaming podcast that posts every Fridays from 2pm onwards, God willing, available on the YouTube channel Escape Gaming, as well as most audio services around the world, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and the like. You can find links in the RSS feed at tinyurl.com escapegaming. If you enjoy show, give us a like and subscribe. So just a little housekeeping specifically for this episode. This is an episode that I'm gonna be doing potentially in two recordings. Why is that? It's like a, me and Paul are just recording as normal, but I may or may not have some guests that may be recording today later that I might splice into the middle of the show. So in, in, in that in this case, uh it's gonna be potentially one or two uh writers from season gaming. The side that I that I write and review for. So I had been talking to them about them potentially bringing them on for a podcast, and two of them say that at their 9 p.m. Eastern time, aka that time, they would be free to be able to join in. So whether you hear them or not, it will depend if their that time allows them to. Paul will not be on on that time because he can't nope. make the effort to to, to stay that late. <laughs> so
1: I refuse um, because work begins early and you only live once and if i don't get rest i might kill someone
0: yeah and he'd rather play instead of making an effort so or sleep <laughs> yeah so yeah so that maybe happened within this episode so if you see that or not it happened if it didn't happen the episode still is as usual and also next week uh if the chips align because i already put a request for it um we might have another special guest, which is the guy that we talked about that we played payday three together for his review, and that would be Travis Northup from IGN. I asked him if uh, if I could get him into the show, and he said that he could do it on October twelfth. That will also be like a late recording because he told me that he would be available after he finishes um, recording the Last Word podcast, which is the Destiny podcast that he records with uh, the Iron Lords podcast, as Lord Cognito and uh, the YouTuber Ibantes. Uh, they always talk about Destiny, that's always on Thursday. So he told me, like, uh, if you hit me up after uh, after I'm done with the last word, I can totally record. Uh, Although he did tell me that he could also record after he records the season game in Bitcast on Sundays. That would be like a Sunday morning, kind of like around the time that I'm done with church. So that could happen. It could be next week's episode or the week after. But yeah, biggest, we're finally getting more guests other than our buddy Sebastian, who has been like our more notable, uh, Batman, that always comes to fill up whenever you're done, <laughs> you're gone, Paul, so. So cutting in through here in the editing bay, to just kind of give an update on what I had mentioned about the guests coming in, so I ended up recording uh, around like an hour and a half with my buddy, Zach Bateman and Eric Besanon, or Ben Anson, like forgetting, um, that went for like an hour and 30. So instead of splicing it into, the, into this week's episode, that recording is actually going to become an extra episode that's going to go live the day after this episode uh, is live. So definitely look forward to it. This is, uh, we're going to be talking about um, their history on how they joined season gaming. How long have they, had? they been in games coverage and what, what were their favorite and their 25 favorite games ever. And we talk about our like five special games for us. So definitely look forward to that. And now back to the show. Enough of the housekeeping. What have we been playing? Paul, uh, you have been playing Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. I have not, so I want to hear yep. from you. <clears throat> All right.
1: So, let me break it down real quick. Um as as you and I have already talked, uh, but for everybody else, um they've kind of talked about the idea that Cyberpunk has now reached the way of Witcher 3 with its depth of quests now. Sorry. Um not only, yes, with its story especially but the whole idea behind actually you know what my background music's way too loud i can't focus so let me just switch back (laughs) so anyway the idea behind just the concept is really cool like the president of the united states is in trouble and it's only up to you to save them but um after an extremely action-packed first mission that really stretches for a while honestly um i kept forgetting that i was still in the prologue mission um, because it basically is the entire plot of like an action movie where you have to save the president, pulled from actually getting the call, meeting them, and then staying alongside them with them shooting alongside you the whole way until a certain point where you're finally separated and then the actual investigation side of the actual DLC begins. Um, by the point that um, I parted ways with the president, I was kind of shocked at how long I had gone through it all. Um and how little I had actually touched it. But to couple from there, uh, it's this crazy plot of intrigue between the main like sleeper agent, the person that, that he's helping, the girl that gets you involved in the mission in the first place. We got the president herself, we got the guy that runs Dogtown, which is the new region of Night City that you get to visit. Um, it is interesting i think there is a loading screen hidden behind leaving the area uh because in universe it's like a martial state so you have to like drive Mm -hmm. in get scanned and then you can keep driving so i'm pretty sure that's like where they actually do the loading where the doors close Uh you get scanned for about three seconds it's not long at all to load an entire city um but it's like quick like that it's always the same speed so that's what makes me think they must just have it down because of that uh ssd and um and the reason point, why
0: uh even, yeah. even if you're on pc they said that you can't play this dlc without an ssd so it's like that would make that sense that makes a lot of sense because yeah, you uh, could play with hard drive you could play the pc version from 2020 with normal hard drive so
1: okay that makes a lot of sense especially because this dlc is only for next gen console as well Uh um but it's interesting to find out that pc requires that so yeah essentially um that whole thing goes on even though they revamped the whole cop system they don't show up in that region because it wouldn't make sense for them to show up Mm -hmm. because it's just run by this insane dude um so it makes me feel a lot better about just killing anybody with a little yellow chevron emblem above their head (laughs) so that means they're all free game but Mm -hmm. um to touch back on my point, the not only the main storyline is just fantastic. Uh, there was an entire mission where I got a scuba gear. I went in like that one mission from Modern Warfare 2, uh, disarming mines and sneaking my way through, I was given this really awesome silenced um, pistol. I got to make my way up into this hotel where I had to get out of that and into a really fancy suit. I then had to gamble at the roulette wheel and gain information. It was just insane um and not to mention uh there's an entire like sniper segment where you get to I can't remember what actually it was modern warfare 2019 that did that except the person you're directing can still shoot and it's not like Mm -hmm. a game over if they get caught Um, uh are you talking about
0: are you you talking about the cameras like you're pointing Um, someone at the camera to move
1: instead of it being cameras you're kind of far away and this really huge mounted sniper rifle that you get to zoom in scan you get to uh, disarm things warn them about like patrols passing by and then when things inevitably go wrong because for whatever reason i couldn't get this one synced shot thing right um and the checkpoint for it is restarting that entire section so i just played it out (laughs) um and went loud but Essentially, uh, it's just really intriguing to see how much you can push this concept where it is just a completely different genre and it somehow still fits with cyberpunk. It's still really interesting to delve into the backgrounds of these characters. Each one of them has an extremely intricate backstory before this. Mm -hmm. They have histories with one another. And as I mentioned to you, Just today as i was in this really deep conversation with the third member of this kind of important trio that gets introduced to you um i was sitting here like i have no idea where this is going to land and that's rare for especially this day and age where you can kind of like tell where things are gonna go who's gonna betray you it's like oh no you did this thing that i probably expected but it's just fun but this time i have no idea how this is gonna go down because somebody might betray me they might all be telling the truth and i'm the one getting paranoid and i feel like that's part of the important result as well um but then even down to the simplest gigs which i mentioned to you earlier as well um where essentially go to this little zone and there's like 20 guys, uh, you get a call that says, hey, somebody got killed here, you need to go get revenge or go pick up this microchip or go steal this data. It doesn't really matter what happens inside. And then you just kill everyone, leave, and they're like, good job, and then that's it. Or this time, they all start off like that and there's always a trick to it. There's either some kind of thing that makes it go south or some kind of piece of information you didn't know at the start, that you can just choose to ignore and play out the mission normally. Kill everybody and you'd never know. Or they just kind of berate you for doing things wrong. But vice versa, you can just kind of unweave the crazy tangled mess of that mission. And mm-hmm. uh, it really gets interesting. Like one example, I won't try to spoil it, but uh, there's like 10 people got killed. You would have to go find the person that killed them well the person that killed them might not exactly be that person that they think it is and are you going to frame that person are you going to go bring the real person to justice are you going to just kind of do something in the middle of all of that based on your choices the fact that all of that kind of plays out like that in every single one of those little blue box things that used to mean just kill a few enemies and get some free XP um, Mm -hmm. it is just such a huge jump in quality and like deep morality questions that part of me hated because I was like, Oh, Oh, these were the ones I could just turn my brain off and kill everybody. Gosh, I have to think um, there was one I had to impersonate like uh, a football star uh, to get into stealing this data for like basically ESPN. It, it was insane. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, just in that region alone and I just I love the visuals the updated graphics the environments it kind of brings back a level of uncomfortability because I always felt like I had a kind of a bond with the voodoo boys and Pacifica specifically because Mm -hmm. of just the wrecked tropical nature (laughs) and how close that hits to home for me Mm -hmm. Um, and the fact that it's like even playing through the game again i tried to side with the voodoo boys and i hate them so much but i'm like i get it guys i'm creole everybody screws us over like (laughs) i get it man um actually no i'm not creole i'm cajun i have to clarify that my southern friends will definitely call me out on that if i'm not careful um but anyway it is uh it's just it's a good time so far and i feel i have no idea how far i'm actually into it um you get a lot more cool stuff with Johnny um uh, mm-hmm. he is absolutely there they brought Keanu back and I feel like he's bringing a lot yeah. more uh intrigue to Johnny yeah. than just asshole rocker boy
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh how much Idris Elba or Idris so Elba have you seen say he's like um, super like featured in this he right? is
1: the guy that leads you through it all uh, essentially there's somebody who calls you in there's the president And then she, like, hypes up this person who's a sleeper agent that is, like, the person to get crap done and all that stuff. Mm. And he's the one that helps you get the president out and then leads you through the entire plot, essentially, um, to, like, be your point of contact, essentially. And -hmm. then there's one other NPC that you get uh, introduced to after him. But he's, like, the main guy that kind of brings it all together. He's the Captain Price. Um, Mm. But at the same time, it's like he has some crazy history with the president and some crap that makes you think is he actually telling the truth at every interaction that he's got uh because he's gonna be that like i'll sacrifice anyone to get this done and like are you gonna be part of my side are you gonna not and he terrifies me but i want to be his friend at the same time uh sometimes you feel like he's telling the truth but yeah, that, it's it's a lot of Idris Elba for sure, but he's definitely locked into just anything re- regarding the main story, and he does not interact at all with any of the side content so far, um, and none of the main content. It's like everybody who's in there is not going to touch outside of Dogtown, it seems. Uh, mm-hmm. I could be wrong, because I did hear there is one actual main uh, way to end the game through the DLC, that mm-hmm. a lot of people heard say of, to yeah. like keep it to the very end because if you do that and you pick a certain thing it just ends the game right there mm-hmm. um because the and i heard is reason, the best
0: and i heard it is the best ending possible for that game also even though it's very sounds
1: like it um from what I'm like think also... all of them are such a crap ending the fact that this one probably is going to end up being better somehow is like Ooh, that's going to really say a lot. And I haven't gotten any spoilers for it. It's just like through context clues of like what the motivation is for you trying to help these people out. And there's like another character kind of dealing with something similar to you. And that's all I'll say about that. But it's like you're specifically motivated to help not just you now.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: And through that, I can see how they're going to tie in a main ending to the game. Because you might just solve the problem you've been dealing with through this so I want to find out I want to make a save and see how many endings I can get but also uh time is money out here so Mm -hmm. we'll see how long I want to do that but I really want to finish this because it's great it's like in my top six or seven right now um and couldn't be happier with my experience so far
0: yeah I stopped at the base game when you infiltrate with Jackie at a hotel that's as far as I played. Um, ironically, that's kinda you close to where I stopped. Me
1: that and it kinda hurts my soul every time. That yeah, is because the I... beginning of the mm-hmm. game.
0: Yeah. Oh. I, I played further from that uh, when I was back in PS4. I have this problem when I repeat a game that I have not finished, I lose motivation. And on top of that, uh, since I'm not reviewing this, I when I know that there's there, there was either potential reviews happening or other things that I I was awaiting on coming, I blocked myself from getting too invested on in something that I know that I'm going to drop. So that's why I stopped playing uh, uh, Cyberpunk at all, even though like I really appreciated how improved it felt. And in 2.0, I talked about that last week uh, with Sebastian. Uh, that something also that I was feeling was that I cannot do another RPG of this size, this this soon after Starfield, I didn't realize that I was that burnt out on, on a Western RPG. So um, instead, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Mirage, and you played it also briefly. Uh, I played more than you. I know that like, you haven't even seen like a main, a main assassination of this thing. Uh, we got it early, thankfully. Like um, That is kind of a, down- a
1: brag nowadays, because um, Payday 3 was like kind of, but I feel like Assassin's Creed Mirage is like... Oh shoot! I got that early. Let's go.
0: Yeah, even though it didn't seem like we were we were going to, because uh, a certain version was sent first, but then we got another version like sent later, and it was given to me. Uh, I was going to review Mirage, but because I uh, we were sent PC code, I don't have a working PC. Uh, my friend, uh, my our senior writer Steve from Season Gaming, which he was going to be one of the ones that was going to potentially come in today, but he. He text me right before we start recording that he may not be able to join him but i definitely want to get him in like he's the one that did the review but i'm gonna be doing supplementary content around that game including like uh doing like a perspective on how this game stacks up to valhalla and also updating my rankings that i wrote for them which was my best my first thing that i wrote for season gaming when i joined uh, mid to late november uh, last year so That's kind of what I've been playing. I think I'm close to the end, just based on what I'm uh, like, from what I understand that it's like, it's a game with five main assassinations. I've done four, so I'm only missing one now. And when you talk about what, uh, like, when you talk about a product that says that does what it says in the tin, I think Mirage is literally that, like, and and emphasizing that, like, they said that they wanted to do a more simple Assassin's Creed that harkened back to like the more simple times of before, they totally did that, and they now did it in like the new mechanics. And in fact, I'm actually pretty surprised how well they nailed being able to like uh, scale back down uh, the scale of things, considering like Valhalla was like them doing five Assassin's Creeds worth of content into like one game, uh, then being able to do like a quarter of only one part of that game in this one actually it does feel like really nice and gives me the worms and fuzzies of like, yeah, this is this feels closer now to like the franchise that I remember falling in love with what a novel concept being able to assassinate everyone with one hit with no numbers popping, no level gating is like it is it, funny. It's like I feel like this just shows how arbitrary like the oh, the three RPG Assassin's Creeds are that the mechanics of this game are very, very similar to those three. Same controls, same ways that even uh, bossing your character moves. It's like straight out of Aboard, like how how he's how he starts sprinting or how he starts doing some of the parkour. I would say definitely this game is better parkour than in Valhalla because they designed the world for that parkour, but the mechanics are literally the same. It's just that they didn't have the massive cities with the specific crevices for you to like being able to jump in and out and, and kind of like fluidly move from from place to place, still not unity unity. I think it's still like to this day the the best looking parkour they've done. I argue it's not the best uh, mechanical It's like it's actually pretty imprecise. But when it's like going smoothly, it's like it goes really well at the very least, like this feels like they put more effort into parkour than th- than the last three games alone. Uh The biggest problem right now that I have with this game r- is that you can definitely tell that this was DLC that got bumped up. Like, so many of, like, the strengths and weaknesses of even the technology are, like, straight out of Valhalla. And even and even then, I would say that this game looks slightly worse than Valhalla. Like, the faces are rough. Especially when it comes to, like, eyes. Uh, and I also tested this. Uh, I reinstalled Valhalla yesterday. Because I was like, I'm not crazy, right? I feel Valhalla, oh like... Oh, my
1: gosh.
0: Yeah, like, I reinstalled it. I was like, I'm not crazy, Like... I know I'm not crazy. I remember Valhalla looked better. And lo and behold, I installed that. I didn't... I just installed base game and started like the, the the very beginning just to like see the faces. And yes, like like visually, like... Valhalla was one of the better looking games when these consoles launched back in 2020. This is still using that uh, the, the same base technology, but that was technology from like three years ago. We have had so... Especially seeing this after Cyberpunk. Re, uh, especially what Cyberpunk 2.0 is like... Uh, with all the next gen bells and whistles more, exposes that a little bit more. But I also give them a little bit more leeway because they price this cheaper than a full price game. It's a cross-gen product. They, this, that, that definitely like the, the proposition for this game was definitely uh, more of a test bet. Like if, if this was kind of like the next big, big thing, they would have priced it accordingly. But it's like priced differently so this this feels more like uh throwing a bone to the people that had been criticizing the series for their current direction and and want and wanting something a little bit more simple. Is it too simple? I would argue a little bit because uh, the city uh of Baghdad it's still relatively big but now like with the lack of activities like other than something something called like this the, the tales of Baghdad and some of the contracts like there definitely is way less to do in the world and they have really taken the inspirations of the first Assassin's Creed to heart. Like a lot of like the quote-unquote missions that you do in this game, it's kind of like what you would have done with the original one when you went to like pickpocket or like or uh, listen to a conversation from guards or things like that. It's like it's them taking that original idea and giving it a little bit more modern code of pain, but definitely it's like in the more simple side. And that feels nice because it feels more manageable. Like I've only played like 14 hours of this thing. And it's almost done for me. And I, re- I really like that because it's like, I'll be done and I'll be free to play the other big game that comes out in 15, 15 days from now. And uh, I had forgotten what it feels like to have a condensed one of these games. We haven't had that in eight years. But is it great? I think it's more than that it's very good. I'm not going to like blow smoke up this game's ass because it's like there's like, I even have, have found even more jank sometimes than even Valhalla. Uh, like i've had like my b- bossing when i'm like climbing into like a small crevice he t-post and like teleported mm. into like the other side before b- before he regained the animation uh <laughs> thankfully it ha- thankfully it hasn't crashed but it it kind of has it, it kind of has that sometimes when you're trying to like assassinate someone from like a corner when you're like crouching and they're coming like from oh, a yeah. from a corner you press like the r1 or rb to like, like sometimes you clip through the thing to grab him and then to 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 put him in so it's like you can tell that it, this was not the main team, the main Ubisoft Montreal team that made uh, Valhalla or even Origins. This was Bordeaux, the guys that made the Wrath of the Druids DLC, which I would say I definitely feel like they stepped up because people loved Wrath of the Druids. I didn't, uh, but this definitely feels like way better than that. And probably the thing that I appreciate the most is that considering this was made on the Valhalla tech and remembering how bad stealth was in that game... They really put the effort on they said that they wanted to do stealth, they fixed stealth. Like you can path your way through what en- where enemies are looking. Uh far away enemies can still start seeing you, but remember how Valhalla, like you would be seen from like very far off, like almost immediately, and not uh yeah. and not being able to constantly like you would have to like manipulate accessibility settings to give you like some help. Mm-hmm. And when I and, and and the only way for, for to legit do stealth there and feel like you could like clear like a fork like sneakily it was just using a bow and arrow if you wanted to do just hidden blade and or, or things like that it wasn't like more often than not you were you would get seen and 99 percent of the time you would always enter alert state. You would have to like force the alert state out to continue to do stealth. And at the very least, in this one, it feels like if you're very careful because it's not a uh, it's not a cakewalk either. You can clear out everything like silently. And mm. and and, and I'm, I really enjoy that. But uh, I would just wish other uh, other than like the fundamentals, story wise, this was better because it's very very it's very simple. They're, like. That's where, where, that, that, that's where i see it a lot <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: oh yeah in good and bad ways like how quickly did we become yeah. an assassin in this one it's <laughs> so super super fast and I, was like,
1: I am very cool. glad for that like the pro i think i said it, it was like if uh-huh. this was a mainline assassin's creed game i would have had to play 10 more hours just to get mm-hmm. to the point where i was an assassin and i was so happy um and then i i've i've been hitting a couple of walls uh literally and metaphorically mm-hmm. <laughs> um just because some of it is um it's it's tricky because um the platforming is awesome in a lot of ways. It's a lot more improved and dialed in from Valhalla, but there's a few like um if you want to go up, obviously you hold X. If you want to go yeah. down, you hold circle. You hold circle. That does not work if you need to vault over something mm-hmm. first. So you yeah. have to hit X <laughs> to get up and then uh. hit circle to go down. And mm-hmm. so it it the whole process feels know it feels slower um and i i kind of struggle with that a little bit uh some of the assassinations themselves are slow enough that i'll still get spotted like across the way from something where i would have thought oh well they'll give me a little bit because you know when you're doing an animation they want to give you that like grace period almost
0: yeah Um, i I usually tend to like try to do my assassinations while within a bush or behind the wall because of that because you can get seen like in the middle of like Grabbing the body, put it in the ground before you stab the thing. So it's like um, I miss, I do miss like old school mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed where it was like, just like uh, you're whoever. It was Altaïr or Ezio. Grab them yeah. by the mouth, stab, and just move away. That's like and we just are missing keep that. Yeah. With
1: it. I, yeah. I wish the like the low um, what they call it low chaos. Not low chaos. It's dishonored. Um, the low whatever it's called but yeah mm-hmm. you can like kind of quick stab somebody and keep walking or you can mm-hmm. go with the crazy finishing move but i think one of my biggest yeah, low frustrations... stance and high yes. stance yeah it's um, from like the original ones so the the fact that oh i lost my train of thought there for a second hang on um it was about assassination yeah shoot ah oh, i lost it um yeah oh okay uh whenever you're moving you have to wait for the prompt for the r1 prompt mm-hmm. to go up before yeah. you can assassinate somebody so you can't because, run I, because if not you because if not, do a yeah. quick stab um mm-hmm. but like it kills me because you want to be able to like do a quick boom and then keep moving but yeah. it, it forces you to like pause on that assassination and i mm-hmm. i don't know if it's because i'm just used to the way assassinations have grown, or if that was the way it was originally, because yeah. it's been a while since I've played Assassin's Creed one.
0: Yeah, it's like kind of like I mentioned, like the way the uh, the assassination animation used to be, used to be way quicker because it was just like the uh, the assassin grabbing, the, grabbing them by the face and like stabbing them like in the back. And then just, you just keep moving because then like the character will do like a slow death before he falls. And that's when like any, any NPC around it would like see that had happened in this one like sometimes when you're running like he, your character always stops for like a second before like b- b- before stabbing and yeah. like you lose all your th- momentum yeah and like it's it's not meant to be to be that and that is definitely deliberate and makes you uh plan plan everything a little bit more because definitely they they have slowed things way down when it comes to like assassinations yeah but there are elements even from the broken stealth game that was Valhalla that I'm surprised they didn't even bring over here. There was an upgrade in the upgrade tree there where, if you hold the assassination button, you would then immediately grab a body and walk with that body. In this one, unfortunately, they they even put so much of that still, but they didn't bring that thing that would have made all of this better. Because imagine you're like in in, in a place full of soldiers, and you know you want to hide a body in like a closet or like one of those like big squares so where you can hide in and sometimes they come in to like poke in either it's a haystack or like the big uh if it i don't know what what was it it's like a hiding spot like you can like hide all those bodies here but just the fact that you can like kill an enemy but then have to wait for the body to fall and then hold triangle slash y button for for to be able to grab that body in it, it's like that's the one area where i'm like the last game like included that in the upgrade trees where you can just like Grab someone immediately uh, if you if you hold the assassination button to like kill and grab the body and start moving because that at the very least kept things going. So it was like they. It's kind of wild seeing how little the skill tree is in this game. I highly appreciate it, especially when you when you remember the constellation massive map of upgrade that was the last game that told you everything about it, just how like big and like. Expansive, everything wasn't that game gameplay wise, uh, but way less focused, and an entire stealth tree that felt like lip service because it was like no matter how much you upgraded the thing, like doing like a clean stealth run, it was never possible there. Uh, so that goes that goes to show that it needs intent for that to work, and the mechanics that they had in the game already work with that. I would I would say that they, yes, I would prefer if if they built upon from this. They speed things a little bit more, uh, because that can be uh, that can be problematic. And also, I do miss bow and arrows. I'll tell you that. Like I do miss. Uh, like you have a throwing knife to start. Then eventually you get like a sleep dart or like some uh, or or some traps. But uh, popping Valhalla back in, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember. It's like I could I could like just clean everything up with just headshot, headshot, headshot with like the bow. It's like because that will help with like the momentum of trying to do stuff like really quickly, like kind of like a, almost like a ninja. And Speaking of ninjas, the next one that's coming, it's ninja based. So maybe that's where they, they will add a little bit of uh, swiftness, but that's also going to be an RPG. So are we going to go back to numbers? I digress. But I would say like uh, for what they needed this to be, which was like we're we're in a rebuilding phase. Like we have gone through so much crap as a company. We're going to have, we have a story specifically in regards to that uh, this week in the news. Uh, they, uh, They did say that they were gonna do a scale back project, and that's exactly what it did. And it's this is reviewing good. I I think it's actually reviewing better because I feel like the critical side, like the critics, sided more with the RPGs more than like the old style of game, like in more recent times. So I was fearing that there was gonna be a lot of people that were big fan of the bloater RPGs that were gonna slam. This one in in, in in critical reception, but I'm glad it was a little bit more even like uh, it's, it's like a 78 right now on like Metaacre. I think that's right where this game needs to needs to be. There are way better games that have come out this year, like objectively, but this feel it, it feels nice this this felt really nice. to be like, oh I'm glad that I feel like this series has like rediscovered really a little bit of its identity that they lost with the last three games. They became more action RPGs, and the later two became more mythological RPGs with the Assassin's Creed name slapped on top of it. So, I just wish that story-wise this was way better. Like, Valhalla still, to me, like, tells a much better story that's richer and themed and tied so much, like, tied that entire series together. It's just, even popping back, uh, Valhalla is like, Valhalla could have been an all-time great if it was way shorter. That's kind of like the tragedy of that game because I feel they nailed so much. Like, if Valhalla, as it was, like its strengths were there. If it was like cut back, cut way back, and the stealth that they want, that they said that they wanted to bring back, the one hit kills and all that, was as refined as what we've seen here in Mirage. Now I see like what Valhalla could have been, and it makes me a little sad, especially because I did sour on that game. The more I played, especially after the DLC, but uh, but yeah, Mirage is like if you're like a big Assassin's Creed fan. Uh, I'd say this is worth it if you like if you're interested. The thing is that if you have more interest in some of, like the other bigger games that have come out this year, this is definitely way inferior. So, like for example, you're playing Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is obviously like a better game, so I don't oh, begrudge for yeah. you like playing. A, like of course that yeah. you're gonna keep focusing on that. Uh, me, I'm saving now Cyberpunk for November because I know there's nothing that I care about, like really really care about for November. So that could be like a nice November like month. Game that because remember I have to play the base game, on top of like Phantom Liberty. I never play it, uh, the original two completions. So it's like I had yeah. more,
1: and that's gonna be a meaty sandwich to play. And I mean, there's a chance you might even burn out partway way through the process because if you have to get to the point, I, I would definitely recommend mainlining the game, which is actually really yeah. easy to do. Yeah. Um, no. Even, even just when, when I was playing,
0: even when I was playing, it's like the game makes it very easy to just keep mainlining. Especially how much it's clean, yeah. it's clean things up. So, so, yeah, but I'm glad that I'll be able to get Mirage out of the way because I definitely it feels like right on target. Like when I used to play my old Assassin's Creed games, it, it really feels nice that this has been the first one in three years. I hope like Ubisoft learns that there is value in giving some distance, even though this one was like. Shorter and smaller and it was supposed to be DLC for their last one, but I'm glad it wasn't Because imagine if this was with the technology or how Valhalla was built and they're like no, we're gonna do like stuff It's like it wouldn't have worked at all because it would have required them to do like a more wholesale uh Revamp of that game and they just abandoned it remember they didn't even put new game plus when they promised that they were gonna do new game plus eventually they were like no we're we've done enough with this game here's the final chapter we're moving on finally even though it was their most successful game i will say this like the existence of mirage to me is a miracle because with how well valhalla sold as like the bloated rpg and all of that that should have given them card blank on mm-hmm. yeah this look everyone this is our best-selling game we don't have to go back to that old shit why would we but they did because they know that they're in dire straits and they have become a Ubisoft has become a company that didn't listen to their fans. Remember if Ubisoft two years ago, they're always doing everything wrong and they're doing like everything that um, that fans wanted them to do the least. It's like they would always intentionally like go the other direction. They definitely pursued this because they needed an optical win. And and the optical win was like we listened, even though there are our, our other ones sold a lot. We want to at least kind of give you the old stuff. I feel uh, I've seen some reviews being very disingenuous, like criticizing it for doing that and not more. And I'm like, that's not the point. Like, that
1: is what it was made to do. Made to do. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so it's like, I feel like some of the, like, thankfully not many reviews. And like, unfortunately, like Skillup did one of those reviews. And I was like, I respect you so much. Like you did a bad review for this one. I'm sorry. Uh, the only thing that I, that I do agree with him is like the very condensed nature of the story. Is like only Basim and uh, Roshan, the, mentor that's voiced by the by the, the by the amazing i forget her name the the actors but she does the voice on uh the matriarch for the quarians in mass effect and she is also in the expanse it's, it's just like she oh, she's yeah, she yeah. like a, she has a really amazing voice and mm-hmm. she was also lakshmi from in in uh in destiny so those are like the only two characters that have even remotely uh like, connected for me, and I do like how Vasim like, gives me so much uh, Aladdin vibes, which is so funny, because uh, we just recently, uh, Ahsoka, like, Ezra gives me also Aladdin vibes currently, <laughs> like, a bit with, with the way he looks, and, and I, yeah. it's very it's very Aladdin, <laughs> so, it's like, at least <laughs> it, it has that, and Basin was, like, a very interesting character um, from for, from Valhalla, especially, like, what ends up happening, and you never even saw, like, the end of the end of Al do you even care? Like, can I spoil it to you?
1: No. I mean, yes, you can. I didn't care.
0: Yeah, so it's so like at the very end of Alhalla, um, like Basim comes back to the present because he gets like stuck in like a machine that keeps him alive for like a thousand years. And he trades places right. with Layla. Like Layla, the um the whatchamacallit, um Well,
1: what, she does she go back in time then?
0: No, she they go. For, she goes finding during the present. Uh, the place where uh, where Vassim got stuck in like a machine right. after like the end of the oh the uh, of the main story in Valhalla, which is like right. Yggdrasil. They they find like the tree of Yggdrasil, which is like an Isu tree that that kind of like houses all genetic memories. Uh, imagine like the uh, a more. Like a more legit version of the Animus, like instead of like a machine the, of hypotheticals, it's like a legit a, a legit machine that holds so DNA. So he comes
1: out of the machine and she goes into the machine. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. By by pure by pure accident, because that machine is like kind of like what's going to supposedly save the world. And by doing that, uh, and Layla had like this staff of the staff of her, I mean, or this whatever staff it was that that kept Cassandra alive for like a million years in the in the <laughs> Let's previous face game. it None of us actually yeah, care. It, Yes, but then, like, through that stuff, like a very skeletal looking low uh Basim that was stuck in that machine, he like rejuvenates himself, and now Basim becomes like the main uh, kind of like the main face of the future of the series, hence why this game is about the origins of Basim. So, hmm. and also, he's locking people,
1: yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that's that's the other thing about that whole thing, and I was still like watching him grow up, and I was just like, how does this fit to the freaking Loki nonsense again? It
0: it does. Like, I tell you, they eventually tie it in, and it's the usual Assassin's Creed nonsense that I absolutely love.
1: It is is another (laughs) case of they made a terrible decision at the very beginning of the series, and they are jackaled by the fact that they have to keep tying it back to this weird precursor race, and it's also... Modern, but not really, and yeah. the it's sci-fi. Order it's just sci-fi. Ancients. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's,
0: it's, oh, just it's just basically. It's kind of hate it, honestly. No, to me, it's like that's what makes Assassin's Creed like stand out from like the other generic like the the other open world games that are like that game. And that's, that's kind of like the start, thing. With...
1: But at this point, I I think I like the most when oh, uh, you know what? Um, which is the one that they basically did no. It was either Black Flag or Unity, where they were just like, hey, we don't really, like, clearly you don't care about this person, so we're going to have, like, them completely faceless. They're going to be out of the ambulance for, like, two minutes, and they're back in. Don't worry about it. I was like, thank God.
0: No, like, uh, Black Flag was when you were playing, like, as a faceless uh, employee of Abstergo. When you're kind of yeah, like so at, at this so game, so it was Black Flag, and then Unity was the one that also had like a faceless someone looking at a computer, but like you did nothing like in the future. But then it goes right. as far as saying it's like, oh well, yeah, all the story that happened in this game, it was kind of nonsense. none of none of this really mattered. So that's why like I hate Unity so much, even though like it's the most improved game over time after they fix all of that. But uh, but yeah, it's like right now what I'm curious is how they frame Infinity. Which is like this. That, remember, that was supposed to house the Japanese game, the Roman, the kind of like the witch hunts of like the the Holy Roman Empire thing mm. that they that they were mentioned. That was that's kind of like what's coming next. But they they've really downplayed the whole infinity angle because like if you have noticed, like Ubisoft was like one of the bigger. We're pursuing live service bags, and they have like walked that back so. Strongly and so severely, they barely talk about life service stuff. Very they bad. like so, and I'm glad too because that bubble it's clearly like not working, and we're definitely gonna see like a someone that decided to go that bag, and now apparently their price on nice. But uh, I wonder if they're just gonna be like instead of like thinking about the whole infinity thing that was gonna house all of that, they're just gonna do like keep just making the games. And the next one on the docket is the Japanese one. Will it be as good as Ghost of Tsushima? I doubt it, but I want to see them try. <laughs> so, <way. laughs> yeah. but remember, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima got inspired by them. They just kind of like did a better version of their well, very, I'm very old well
1: style. Aware. I'm said. calling my shot. I don't think Ubisoft even knows what makes a good Assassin's Creed game anymore. I think no, they, they do. They, With they f- this one, they fell into it, I think, almost by accident.
0: By just like, by inertia and like scaling back and trying to. Yeah, answer, because they, they answer just the like
1: call. it is literally that one episode of Spongebob where he forgets that he was a fry cook so he tries to be an actor and then they finally <laughs> trick him back into being a fry cook by making him act like he's a fry cook and he's like I'm so glad I stopped doing a, being a fry cook
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it, it's literally Ubisoft doing that where they're just like oh, oh well we'll take this out we'll take that out uh, here, here you go and they're like yes this is what we've been asking for the whole time they're like this is amazing how did I do it <laughs> Uh, i i yeah i just don't give ubisoft a whole lot of credit anymore
0: i mean i don't blame you with how bad it's been for them over the last few years and uh and it to me it's like the good parts of mirage show me that the goods have always been there and it's very clear what they bolted on top of that that definitely a lot it resonated with a lot of people that loves bloat and numbers climbing up and loot and all that uh as definitely like hit a I like Origins, despite like that was the first one that um uh, that started us in this trend. But also that's one that I liked more revisiting because when I first started like when we first played it in 2017, we were not vibing with it. And it took me until Odyssey, which was like one that went more deeper into like Odyssey to me is like it was the black flag problem of like I enjoyed this not as an Assassin's Creed game, but what it is. Black Flag was an amazing pirate game. It's not a great Assassin's Creed game, but as a pirate simulator, no one's done it better. And honestly, to me, why I love it is like I pretend it's a Wonder Woman game. That is still to this day, is like I think that I'm playing as Wonder Woman or I play as Cassandra. Yeah. I ignore the fact that it's like supposed to be like tied to Assassin's Creed. It was until the DLC that came out that it made more sense as an Assassin's Creed game than just like the main game. So it was like I had to like make mental gymnastics for that one, and then I, and then, Valhalla. Why initially I enjoyed it so much? It was like I realized that I played it at the right time last year when there was nothing. It's like this was a game this totally designed that yeah, when there's literally nothing around it that you have to stop and drop to play it. Of course you're gonna like be able to just get lost in this like nonstop uh, buffet of food. So and and that one being like oh yeah, it's like appealing to me the ones that they're they're touching on. Story elements that I loved from the very original ones that had been like kind of dropped and they kind of tie them together very uh, in, in a more clever way than I wasn't expecting from them. It's just when you look back, it's like, yeah, I ate a lot of that thing. It's, it's just that the hindsight of that game hasn't been strong, but in the moment, I, I really was in it. And uh, but it was just clear that I was like m- doing mental gymnastics about what they were. Or they weren't when before I really loved what this franchise was for what it was. As its own, as its own, like in its own identity, and Mirage to me, at least, is a reminder that this series had a little bit of an identity before, and right now, it's all, all will depend on it. The fans that demanded this game come out and buy it, because of course, like there, there's gonna be so many critics that were gonna criticize this for what it didn't do instead of what it does. It there is legit criticism to be level at this thing, like I can't emphasize like it's it's simple stories, like that's like I can even imagine someone like. Not feeling hooked by what it's presenting itself as a plot that, as good as the stealth thing and being able to like going back to those roots, uh, feels, I can see that being a very big deterrent for them. Be like, Yes, yeah, like it's nice that they're able to do this, but I don't really care. So it's like, I, I, I can see that being a problem. So they, this shows me at least, at least, it was like, Okay, at least this gives it a little bit of identity back. Will they build from this? People go support this, then maybe. Then maybe the next one when they're like, okay, we're gonna build from this. Now we will innovate from this. No more numbers. Th- then that one could be one where they figure something out. But obviously, like, kind of like you were saying, it's like, can you give use of the benefit of the doubt after what they've been doing? It's like they gotta still prove. So now I wait to see how they definitely. prove it with Red next year. But yeah, uh, this one pretty good. There's definitely better games that came out this year. But even if you're if you're like interested but not like super excited for it, definitely wait for sale. Like this will definitely gonna, gonna be cheap by yeah.
1: considering it started at fifty.
0: Oh yeah, and it could, can you imagine how quickly it could go to sale? Like just in two months, Black yeah. Friday is like it, Ubisoft and Black Friday is always like uh they're like peanut butter and jelly. They are they're always good at giving those <laughs> sales. So it's like like if you're feeling like if you're still like in the middle of cyberpunk, like you're excited for Spider Man. I mean, Lords of the Fallen comes out next week also. Is uh, it like, there's like. It probably didn't release at the right time, but then when we when could it have released? This released earlier. Remember, this was supposed to come out next week. They pushed it up. Yep. And to be fair to them, and to be fair to them, it's clean. This feels clean. Like very glad for an Assassin's the release. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like there's the fact that they release it clean. I'm like, yeah. It's like they this definitely was ready. Is it still janky? Yes, but it's like it's not game breaking. It's like we know what a broken Assassin's Creed launch looks like. This is not not even that. It's like it's for a launch. Assassin's Creed experience is a pretty clean. So it's like, but they had also been working on this for a while. We heard about this game last year. This was constantly delayed also. So yeah, yeah, I liked it. So definitely one of the better things I played for me this year. But but I have tilt for this. So true. So enough of that, Paul. Like uh, we got some news to talk about. So yep. (laughs) Press X. Some news.
1: <laughs> why do we have to talk about them again, Alejandro? Why can't yes. they just stay quiet?
0: Yeah. So we mentioned kind of like a, why is the live service bubble like bursting? Like even like the most top talented developers or even. We saw already saw top talent developers kind of like fizzle out or fa- or hit a brick wall, and now we add another one to the list. Story number one by Wesley LeBlanc. Naughty Dog reportedly lays off at least 25 uh, developers with La- The Last of Us multiplayer game on ice. Uh, Kotaku is reporting that Naughty Dog, the PlayStation first party studio behind The Last of Us and Uncharted franchises, has laid off at least 25 developers, cutting their contracts short. The layoffs reportedly began last week, according to two of Kotaku's sources in various departments, from art to production, were hit. The majority of those laid off were in Naughty Dog's quality assurance testing department. The 25 contract developers uh, laid off uh, were part of a downsizing at the studio, but Kotaku reports that full-time staff do not appear to be affected. The publication sources say severance is not being offered to those laid off, and those affected, as well as those still working on Naughty Dog, are being pressured to keep the news quiet. Kotaku says the contracts of those affected won't be officially cut until the end of October, and those hit are expected to work through the month. Uh, so Game Informer reached out to PlayStation for asked for comment for a statement, which they haven't con- contacted back. Uh, within Kotaku's report, the publication says that one of its sources says Naughty Dog's in development last of his multiplayer game is not completely cancelled, but is basically on ice at this point. This follows news from ele- earlier this year where Naughty Dog said the game needed more time. And that. Uh, Quote, our team will continue to work on the project as well as other games in development including a brand new single-player experience. A few weeks after that statement from the studio, Bloomberg reported that the team working on the game was scaled back after a recent evaluation. The publication wrote that Sony asked Destiny 2 developer Bungie, which it now owns after a $3.6 billion acquisition in January of last year, to assess the last of its multiplayer game's development. Bungie reportedly questioned its long-term viability as a live-service game, which led to Naughty Dog reassessing the game, scaling back the team and moving developers to other projects. Um, If only Paul, this could have just been added to The Last of Us 2 as factions as it was back then, like people wanted, instead of being a fucking life service project that they wanted to monetize year in and year out. How would you monetize The Last of Us again? Like, can you imagine all of that work? Like, We heard, do you remember when was the first time we heard that they were working on this? 2019. When yep. the last, of, yeah, when the Last of Us Part Two went gold, and uh, no, actually, not not went gold. When they announced the the first release date, the first of three release dates that they they kept pushing back, um, and then they announced it was like, oh yeah, uh, we're not doing multiplayer. This is like a, a fully featured single player experience. We put all our resources into that, and never, and then the multiplayer fans of the first Last of Us were like, wait, what? Why do you tell us like we we? we from what we understood you were working on that then they came out a week after with like a big statement yes yeah, like we heard you fans but don't worry it's like even though the multiplayer is not in this thing it's like our team is working hard on that and it has just been like them pushing and pushing we saw leaks of it and um, it's been almost five years since that happened it's like that is this unfortunately is like this definitely fell a victim of The Jim Ryan era of, like, we need 12, like, we're going to work on, like, 10 to 12 live service games that we're all going to launch until 2026 or something. And now I want, it's so funny, we heard about this uh, the week after Jim Ryan uh, says that he's stepping down. Even though he says that he's only stepping down because I'm too old. I'm, I've been traveling from the U S to Europe to Japan, almost like every two weeks. And I'm like too grumpy and, and frail. And I was like, it's, it's too tiring. And it's been in the company for 30 years. Yes. They can hide behind that. That's kind of like a very PR friendly way of, the, uh, I mean, of saying things. I
1: will give it to him after one nine hour flight. I said, I yeah. am never doing that again. So exactly. I kind of so, get so, it, but also yeah. <laughs> when oh. you
0: when they, when they, when you see the smoke behind that, you're like, Hmm, like, Concord and Fair games have been the only two live service games from the new studios that they've acquired that they announced. What were those games for? We don't even know. Like nope. they announced trailers that were just concept that we didn't even see the damn games. It's like the lives. Like we, uh, last week you weren't here. Like we heard the a, a, a cancellation of a Sega game called Hyenas, which was supposed to be kind of like an extraction shooter. Uh, that I didn't put it in yeah. the story. Yeah. We saw like tiny pieces of maybe like a Jeff Keeley showcase, and that thing was like in beta. They cancel that thing; it's dead. It's like it could it could it be more clear that lives like live service in particular is like just dying breed now. Fortnite, like even Epic last week, uh, I was actually we talk how they were laying off nine hundred people. This is epic. People they like the guys that are making the game that everyone decided to chase when they saw the money that they're making. Even then they're making cuts. Even though I feel like the cuts that they're doing are very disingenuous over there when you know the kind of money that Fortnite, even if it's done at the very, very top of the bazillions, it's still bazillions. And uh Sony definitely sits to that, but imagine now they they wasted Naughty Dog for half a generation now. And uh like I... your your premier studio. Known for your quality first-party games, it's like, uh, do you do you remember the um, I I the, the meme the SpongeBob meme that I showed, Which the Squidward the, the Squidward oh, yeah. the Squidward yeah. in the in, in the window seeing a, a s Sp- SpongeBob and Patrick. So much SpongeBob mm-hmm. references in this episode. Um, oh yes, it, it was like uh, the Naughty Dog fans and slash faction fans are Squidward looking at Insomniac fans just partying in the streets outside that they're about to have another game that even though i'm not like the most excited about i know it's going to be great and it's their fourth game already in a single generation so it's like
1: it's like what happened to ea to star wars but instead of it being an ip it was a dev team for a mm -hmm. larger company it's like I feel like it's uh just the strings were pulled clearly Naughty Dog was hamstrung and chained for the last several years being forced to make things that I this almost goes back to my whole rant forever ago it's like hmm. Naughty Dog just keeps getting yanked around um and I I know maybe in that one context I might have been incorrect but for this one it really feels like Naughty Dog had a plan for what they wanted to do, and then they kept having mm-hmm. to either walk it back or make something else mm-hmm. that they were being yeah. told to make. It was
0: it was when they teased the like if you go into the store into the Game Informer story, like the cover art of the story, that was the art we saw at Jeff Keely Summer Game Fest in 2022. Right. That's when we that's when we had that conversation when they first talked about it, but they didn't even show it. That was when they revealed the remake of, of the first Last of Us. And and they was like I think your point specifically was like, I feel like I've been hearing about this for a while and then like I sleep until you actually show me what and I can't believe that it was taking so long and now we know why because I bet you top dollar this was just going to be an add on to the original one and and doesn't the original one didn't need to be like a live service it was an it was added value to the main last of us slash remastered package. It still played a lot. People like the gameplay loop It was like the, the big thing about factions is that people were surprised how good it was uh, like as a concept if or before survival kind of like uh, third person shooter uh, that where the mechanics actually worked really well in that context. People just wanted more of that. It's them that they were like, no, it's like this has to give us a lot of money. And I'm like, can you imagine like uh, a Joel with a Donald Duck? Uh, Costume running around and shooting things like how could you monetize the last of us game especially for a for a studio that has fallen so up their own ass when it comes to like we're prestige cinema It's like we're serious we're not about having fun especially under Neil Druckmann it's like it's just a. It, I, I don't think a last of us version of this could have worked at all it should have just been like a mode and I and I do wonder if them saying that it's not dead but it's on ice I bet you top dollar because I heard rumors. Uh, That they're gonna port part two to PS5. Like they're gonna port it. Like, kind of like a nade, because, which to me, by the way, completely unnecessary. Put part two, like the PS4 version, put it in right now. Look how it looks and tell me that needs a PS5 port. That would be completely unnecessary. But Sony's got a Sony. Or or that's the thing that was said under the Jim Ryan era. That is like we're just kind of play blockbusters and remake remake five year old games or things like that. So maybe those plans are dead because kind of like what I was thinking is, okay, they're going to release the PS5 only version of the game, which I am weak. I love I like trophies. I would personally buy it myself just to give myself another reason to play it. But that's just me. I I know I'm, I'm the problem, but I thought it was like, yeah, maybe then whatever work they had, they had done be like, okay. we put all this time into this. This may not, be bad, but at least let's put it out. Maybe that's how they're gonna do it. Put it like, add it as a as an addendum to every release, or maybe they'll save save their work for the Last of Us Part Three that we know it's coming because, of course, it will. So because otherwise, yeah. why, why keep why keep hopes up They'll they like? Oh, no, it's not entirely canceled. But then at the same time, it's like it's rare for like Naughty Dog hasn't had a canceled project, like. They had development trouble. It is so funny. Uh, I did mention it to you and Sebastian in our chat. That is like, it's so funny. Every transition for Naughty Dog, every generation, starting from PS3, fraught with peril for them. Like, Uncharted 1 was supposed to be closer to a PS3 launch title that... They had to like develop more because the PS3 was just so hard for them to figure out. Like they announced Uncharted without a name back at E3 2006. That was kind of like the troll. That can you imagine? There was like a new game by Naughty Dog with this like generic white dude with like a white and red shirt. What's it called? It's called Naughty Dog Project. <laughs> that's how it was, that that's how that thing was announced. And they lost a lot of people from the Jack and Daxter days into the transition into something like that. Then ps3 to ps4 we know that the uncharted 4 problem that they lost amy hennig and they had to rework uncharted 4 after, for like two years and now this we're like yes they put out a remaster of uncharted 4 and lost legacy and a remake of the last of us a remake of the last one should be like, way they didn't work on like 100 someone else was doing it they just like took it from them and finished it so it's like are we gonna go until the end of the generation before they release something I tell you, it's like Santa Monica and insomnia is it for Sony right now. It's like the people that wanted Naughty Dog's downfall, guess what? You have it <laughs> where people have been wanting for, for them to like, kind of like be lowered in their, in their steam. Just I had been added to the list of single player studios that got added to like the buyers, the Rocksteadies. uh, the students that pursued a multiplayer live service—they're known for their single-player stuff. They're in that company, so sad times for Naughty Dog all around. But hey, good nothing thing for nothing
1: else in- to share that I, Naughty Dog is on my crap list for this because I'm so tired of talking about them.
0: Yeah, so yeah, Naughty Dog—you gotta like whatever your next. I'll, I'll tell you this: how they will re-earn prestige in my eyes—new IP, new single-player IP outside of The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Will I like will I personally like The Last of Us Part Three? I would because I like Part Two. Would that still make them a top tier, like the best, best developer? Not really for me, because I'm like, I want you to do what you were known for, knowing when to walk away from stuff like. It's it's unfortunate that the last one is that successful for them, because like it's sad that they went from being that and now like such a boring studio. Enough of that, so Naughty Dog, during Paul's shit list. So, story, <laughs> st- story number two, this one is like... Yeah, it was expected, it was still funny to read, it, to read it, so... Also story by Wesley LeBlanc. Nintendo 3DS and Wii U online functionality ending next April. Earlier this year, Nintendo ended eShop functionality for the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U, marking the beginning of the end of these devices. Now, Nintendo has announced that online play and other device functionality that requires online communication is coming to an end, too. More specifically, Nintendo says online services for these devices will end in April 2024. In early April 2024, online play and other functionality that uses online communication will end for Nintendo 3DS and Wii U software, Nintendo announcement reads. This also includes cooperative play, Internet rankings and data distribution. Nintendo says it will announce a specific end date and time at a later date and that it reserves the right to discontinue these online services earlier if an event occurs that would make it difficult to continue online services for the 3DS and Wii U. It also knows this includes software exclusive to the new Nintendo 3DS. The company then answers a number of questions in an FAQ section of the announcement. It knows that Pokemon Bank will still be usable following April 2024, and that for the foreseeable future it will still be possible to download, update data, and re-download, purchase software and downloadable content from Nintendo eShop. Uh, the fan favorite 3DS feature, Street Pass, will unfortunately will work as it uses local communication between devices, but SpotPass, which uses online communication instead, will no longer be available after April 2024. So I'm glad at least for out of this, the one important thing. But it still kind of like scares me a little bit. For the foreseeable future, it will still be possible to download update data and re-download purchase software and downloadable content from Nintendo eShop. That's kind of like the scary part of being like, yes, yeah, like if they shut all those things down, if you bought like a digital stuff from them, there it will be a wee situation again. That'd be like you wouldn't be able to like get those games again and it's always nintendo's Nintendo. the only one that's doing this possible so good thing Nintendo i don't longer so play this
1: exhausting man <laughs> <laughs> everybody's yeah. exhausting i'm tired just make yeah. things playable for people Jeez.
0: yeah because i'm like thinking like um don't even like entertain the idea it's like people bought games from your online stuff This. Online service is tangentially tied to Nintendo Switch Online. Like you still are using that. Like it still guarantee the fact that you can still download stuff. Like, don't use language like that. If you use language like that, it's like a, it just makes it scary. Like the, the Nintendo's the only one out of like uh the Xbox and, and PlayStation of the three when it comes to like digital uh delivery that doesn't engender confidence in they can in, in in being in being able to Uh, continue downloading stuff that you bought directly to them. So it's like, they're always so backwards. But hey, you know, the worst part, they'll get they'll get away with it because they're so damn successful. Yeah. Story number 3 So to kind of like circle a little bit back to Ubisoft. This is kind of like a big follow up to the big news from 2020 that actually sent them down this like dire straits that they've been for a while. But this feels like good resolution to all of that. Also by Wazel LeBlanc and Game Informer, French police arrest five former Ubisoft executives after sexual assault harassment investigation. Uh, French police have arrested five former Ubisoft executives after a years-long investigation that began in 2021 following complaints and allegations of sexual assault and harassment within the company, as reported by Game, GamesIndustry.biz. Among the five arrested are Ubisoft's former chief creative officer, Sergi Haskot, and former vice president of editorial and creative services, Tommy Francois. The publication learned of these arrests after French newspaper Liberation reported that three former Ubisoft executives were arrested yesterday, with two more arrested today. The summer of 2020 marked a turning point within Ubisoft after after numerous reports surfaced regarding abuse, misconduct and power corruption happening within the company. Various executives and managers, including Francois, were fired as a result. Haskov voluntarily resigned. At the time, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot announced he was leading the company's charge for the investigations, later publicly uh, publishing results of a recent internal employee survey. That survey revealed that more than 25% of employees at the company witnessed or experienced first-hand misconduct at work. A disproportionate number of the employees who reported misconduct were either non-binary or women, but men at the company were also vocal about witnessing misconduct. Even though various executives like Francois, Ash- Ashraf Ismail and Maxime Belan were fired, with others voluntarily stepping down a Hascote, a 2021 report revealed that many Ubisoft employees were unhappy with how leadership of the company handled its MeToo moment. In the summer of 2021, the Paris-based Solidaires Informatique Union and two victims filed complaints with off with police, as noted by GamesIndustry.biz. Years later, French police have arrested Francois, Haskot, and three more individuals. The arrest and the subs- subsequent case is being handled by the Bobigny District of Paris. GamesIndustry.biz notes that the plaintiff's lawyer Marty Beckers, told Liberation that the case goes beyond individual behavior and reveals systemic sexual violence. A Ubisoft spokesperson told GamesIndustry.biz that Ubisoft has no knowledge of what has been shared and therefore can't comment. So, believe victims, people, because mm-hmm. it finally happened. And uh, to me, this is like extra, uh, like extra sweet to me that they got, uh, that they got this because. Uh, one of those like 30 Hascode, is to blame for the like beyond like this thing like going back to like the creative side why did ubisoft games became also samey why did all of them because. became open worlds yeah because specifically 30 Hascode, like when far cry like when when he got more power within the company around the time of far cry 3 he saw far cry 3 and be like do this for all our games far like Assassin's Creed is gonna feel more like Far Cry. Watch Dogs is gonna have Far Cry things. The Crew is gonna have Far Cry things. Like everything that they were doing, they homogenized. Like the Ubisoft formula became homogenized because of this guy. And to then learn that on top of like him, destroying the creative uh, pursuits of Ubisoft, the company used to know uh, to be known as like one of the companies that pursued like very different kinds of games into like everything kind of falling under one umbrella. And one that used to give us games like Rayman Legends, and thankfully now, uh, funny enough, now that this guy is gone, like we're getting a 2D Prince of Persia game again, and it looks different. Uh, It's like they had that homogenization culture, and also kind of like he was the one that pushed the narrative back then of like, oh yeah, women don't sell. Like uh, you want like around the time you remember Unity was like, why don't you have a female uh, assassin? And they're like, it's too hard to animate. Who's under that guy? So. yeah and then
1: back to the whole main subject is always like i'm very glad that they finally actually saw some real mm -hmm. results of this whole situation as opposed to Mm -hmm. some other companies that will not be named currently but (laughs) thank god there's actually people getting arrested for this i mean who knows if there's going to be some actual you know Mm -hmm. uh, more than a slap on the wrist Mm -hmm. but goodness I hope so I hope they never see the lead day again for the stuff that they did and um that's mm-hmm. a message to everybody else like we're watching Be good you can't yeah, get away with this crap anymore that you used to yeah. and I'm glad that we're in a world where you can't I'm much. so happy
0: with it yeah I'm so happy with that too it's like uh, they, this kind of creeps deserve what they got coming and hey, it's like it took three years because this first started in summer of 2020 just to give an idea paul is like this was one of the topics in our last episode the episode 14 that never made a lot of day we talked about this it's been that long but oh, justice geez. eventually hopefully will prevail but kind of like just a, the impropriety outside is like to me it's just extra like the shot on Fred is real and i'm like yeah the dude that ruined ubisoft fight homogenizing everything and on top of that he being a complete asshole getting both of that is like yeah get arrested <laughs> so yeah good riddance fully and hopefully Ubisoft keeps rebuilding <laughs> so story number four Paul this one was like I could not believe it I was like really now you're doing this well better today than never also story but was a little blank Rockstar adds 60 frames per second support to Red Dead Redemption and Undead Nightmare on PS5. Rockstar Games revealed that it was bringing Red Dead Redemption and its Undead Nightmare DLC to PlayStation 4 and Switch back in August. It did so, and while the game looked great on both consoles, it was only playable at 30 FPS. PlayStation 5 owners were left wondering if Rockstar wasn't tapping into the power of the current-gen console to bring 60 FPS to the 13-year-old game. Now weeks later, Rockstar has updated the PS4 port of Red Dead Redemption and included Undead Nightmare DLC to include 60 FPS support in PS5 via backwards compatibility. It did so randomly with a quick tweet announcing the news uh, that just literally said "Red Dead Redemption, including on the neighbor, now supports up to 60 FPS on PlayStation 5 via backwards compatibility." All they all they tweeted. Uh, elsewhere in the same update, Rockstar added an option to enable subtitles upon first booting the game. The update also includes general bug fixes and improvements. All the Rockstar didn't list really Switch. If you bought Red Dead Redemption on PS4 recently to play on PS5 or were looking for a reason to do so, this new update that has a 60 FPS option might be the reason you were looking for. Now, Rockster, please bring 60 FPS to Red Dead Redemption 2 PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S. And bring 60 FPS in Red Dead Redemption to Xbox Series X and S, too. So, the little edit- editorial there that they throw in there. So, yeah. So, remember when we were talking about? This is like when it was announced. We were like, yes, if it's just 30 FPS, it's like the xbox versions already the better like the best value out of all of that because it's like they run the same it got the 1440p slash 4k like visual uplift it looked great already and it was much cheaper and it has the multiplayer now you can make the argument now like buying this remaster for the playstation uh, the the ps4 version on ps5 at 60 fps if you cared a lot about frame rate that's like the best way to play this game now like in modern times and It makes me wonder, like, what's holding the Xbox Series, like uh, the backwards compatibility version of Xbox, from doing that? Because they've like up- uplifted frame rates before, but they stopped doing that program for a while. So, hey, if this goes on sale, Paul, I'm I, I kind of want to buy it. <laughs> I kind of want to see this game at sixty, because it's not on PC. That hasn't happened officially with this game. Like, it's always mm-hmm. been at thirty. Mm-hmm. November's looking. I November's I don't think way I
1: could. Like they've hurt me already. Um, unless I am bored out of my mind in November, I think I should have enough stuff to handle what I need to. At least I'm I'm praying I do because I kind of like out of principle I don't want to just like oh they fixed that one thing that I was really concerned about I'll go replay it now. You know we'll
0: see if it's like if it, if it hits a Black Friday sale like I told you. Because it's fifty bucks, that's a problem. So the same price as Money Mirage. is
1: real <laughs> tight right now, though. So, yeah. we'll see.
0: Oh yeah, we'll talk about that in November. Yeah. So, final story slash stories, like couple of that a couple of them for uh, your beloved cyberpunk. So first of those stories, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven clears twenty five million sales, and Phantom Liberty hits three million in its first week. Uh, This is a story by Tom Ivan over at Video Games Chronicle. Uh, The figure is up from 18 million sales reported by the company last April and 20 million sales reported in September. CEO Adam Kaczynski announced a new milestone during an investor presentation today. The phenomenal Witcher 3 achieved a similar level in 4.5 years, and here in Cyberpunk's case, a little bit over two years since its release. So we're selling far faster than we're selling the Witcher game, he said. Cyberpunk 2077 was billed as one of the biggest titles of uh, the last console generation, with the heavily anticipated game selling 8 million copies via pre-orders alone, according to CD Projekt. Uh, that total rose to 13 million during the game's infamous launch in December 2020. So, Chief Financial Officer Peter N- Nulubowicz uh, also announced today that the game's first and only expansion, Phantom Liberty, sold 3 million copies between its release on September 26th and October 3rd. Uh, Almost the same amount of copies that Final Fantasy 16 did, like in one week, just throwing that out there. Uh, Sales for the first week until October 3rd were 3 million copies, he said. To contextualize this, we estimated how many gamers now have the main game on PC or the new consoles, all the platforms that allow you to play it, and it's 20 million. 20 million players who either had the main game or have updated the old-gen version to the new-gen version, so 50% of, of all the gamers within one week bought the expansion. This is a phenomenal result and this is just the beginning, the sales keep on climbing. Uh, so the, the breakdown of 68% of Phantom Liberty sales were on PC, including 10%, 10% on GOG, which CD Projekt owns. 20% were on PS5, and 13% on Xbox Series X and S. And then the other story to follow up from that, from that uh, CD Projekt has provided an update on its Cyberpunk 2077 sequel plans. Uh, the company said last September that Phantom Liberty would be the only expansion for Cyberpunk 2077, but that after its release, Project Orion, which is the sequel would begin development at a new U.S. based studio called CD Projekt Red North America. So Phantom Liberty launched in, sept- in late September, and during an investor presentation on Thursday, CD Projekt's chief creative officer, Adam Badowski, touched on the status of Orion and the company's plans for the game over the next year. This project is in a conceptual design level right now, and is going to be designed by a team of veterans who were responsible for fine tuning Cyberpunk 2077 and designing Phantom Liberty, he said. We're going to work out of North America, Vancouver, and Boston locations. Team leadership are already there. And late in 2024, we're going to work with teams comprising several dozen people. Well, as a target, half of the developers are going to work out of northern U.S. and the other half out of Poland. So, massive financial success for this game, Paul. And the sequel, it's basically in the concept area. So, it's like they they have started. Development has finally started. Will it take a decade again? <laughs>
1: Probably so, but at this point, at least I know that it exists. Um, I, th- I want to say, like pure opposite of Ubisoft. I want to believe that CD Projekt Red has learned its lesson, at least the mm-hmm. biggest ones of uh, the mistakes that they made. I heard somebody explaining, um, not heard. I actually talked with somebody who's really knowledgeable about the idea that them switching from the red engine to Mm -hmm. unreal engine five actually isn't that bad of a deal. It's basically going to let them do everything that they already can do, but easier because it's already Mm -hmm. baked into unreal, essentially, Mm -hmm. instead of them having to rely on probably a less stable engine that they just have to keep iterating and working on. And Um, more importantly uh, mm -hmm.
0: and more importantly, having to teach whoever they hire to also true
1: because now they Mm -hmm. can just say hey do you know unreal engine 5 here you go um and then you could easily especially for building up that us-based crew that's i think going to be a lot easier than the uh, it, the previous process was definitely yeah. so yeah Tim- um i'm just super excited that they're getting their flowers for this and yeah. clearly getting the hey you fixed it we're going to reward you by giving you more money essentially um Mm -hmm. like that's that's how it worked and now they can move forward proudly with their sequel uh this isn't the last time we're gonna see the cyberpunk universe even if it might be not night city but somewhere else totally okay with it for me because they clearly have the right foundation now
0: yeah do you hear about the live action cyberpunk thing that they announced today too also upset yeah there's other ways for that thing to continue oh (laughs) yes uh, uh, to me it's like they did like a legendary turnaround let's not forget it's like the launch of this game is like is gonna go down in history as one of like the gaming's, bi- oh, yeah. gaming's biggest acres moments like a studio 100%. beloved yeah a studio so beloved over just their one game earlier that generation had all the hype in the world all the goodwill in the world pissed it away slowly throughout that entire year with constant delay and delay and delay and delay uh delaying after going gold uh remember that mm-hmm. one oh, no oh. worry paul Trust it's, me. Uh,
1: i still get <laughs> nightmares about it sometimes
0: <laughs> uh, to me it's like I, that, that's from a year that i want to forget which was 2020 when yeah. that happened i could not believe it because when it went gold i specifically told you paul feel good it's done you'll play it on november when it says and then and then you mm-hmm. post to me, it's like uh, the breaking news that it got delayed again and you're like i was like mm-hmm. that was the moment where i was like is the game really that bro that was where i was like it must be really broken if like if they submitted a gold master and they still delayed it and yep. but i was like it can't possibly be like it couldn't possibly be that bad is it and it was and boy, for us was it for a while yeah just for us Man. in the bottom in in, in in like in the in the in the peasant tier, that's kind of like yeah. what's that's the biggest tragedy about cyberpunk because it's like depending on where you were playing you had vastly different experiences like
1: to the point where it would gaslight so many people into thinking that it was a very different game than what it, what it really was the fact that i didn't see i mean i saw a lot of gameplay of the ps4 version but i didn't realize that it was because of like the console differences and mm-hmm. the raising of the ps5 version was why uh-huh. and i kept like guys it's not that bad it's not that bad and then mm-hmm. realizing oh no it, it really was i just i was super protected by the console uh-huh. i was playing on even no, though having the, and a lot of issues
0: even the pc people let's not, not forget that pc were having like a still a bug experience undercooked and always yeah. but at least visually and things like that it was like i saw i remember seeing images even back then i was like man how nice is that it's like it's like it really is like a night and day difference like what they had versus what the console people had but it's like to me everything like remember everything came to hand when sony removed the game from the store when crappy games like fallout 76 and anthem so bastard, hard for being so bad we're still in the store when cyberpunk even wasn't that's what you knew that it hit an, a, a different low and for that this company of all of them the witcher 3 people being the ones that had to suffer that is like that was a legendary uh, black uh, th- that's a black guy that even after all this after all this combat is like that's they, they will forever have that black guy and now it's like they have the good momentum now uh, you have seen improvements it. you played w- version 1.5 last year. Mm-hmm. Now you've seen 2.0. You have seen it yep. just get progressively better and better and better. Phantom Liberty is so beloved, and mm-hmm. they have now this goodwill. They better not botch it. They absolutely better not botch it, because that would be tragedy of epic proportions. So, man, I'm glad for them. I, I'm, I'm really glad for them. But let's not forget, it's like it's still it's still like how they launch their next project, whether it's Witcher or this one. If it's a good launch. Then by then, it's like that continues this momentum. But I'm glad it's like, hey, they put the work. And even when it seemed like there was just no, there was not going to be any possible way. But that's the kind of era we live in where games always have the chance to come back, unless you're Marvel's Avengers, which RIP, the game got delisted last week. (laughs) (laughs) But if you bought it, you still have it. But the game can, it has just been now deleted from the stores now. RIP. And with that, Paul, that's the end of the news. Read me the very few li- list of uh, releases for October 8th to October 14th of 2023.
1: We have Forza Motorsport for Xbox Series X and S and PC on October 10th. Little Gator game with an LIL. A PlayStation 5, <laughs> Xbox Series X and S. PlayStation 4, Xbox One on October 10th roblox on playstation 4 october 10th wild card football on playstation 5 xbox series x and s playstation 4 xbox one switch and pc on october 10th total war pharaoh on pc on october 11th and lords of the fallen 2023 version on playstation 5 xbox series x and s and pc on october 13th
0: really curious about that one i want to hear how how it lands uh drivers is curious. reviewing it
1: but it is for sure a wait for a sale for me. Unless it just gets like ten minutes across the board.
0: I can't I wait I saw like, that hesitation. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, who knows? Like I doubt it's gonna be I, I doubt it's gonna be like a ten out of ten video game, but I can't wait to hear. In fact, uh the guy that uh is reviewing um uh, that at Lords of the Fall in twenty twenty three for us at season gaming, he... Is potentially the guy that may or may not be in the show that I'm insert I inserted before the news, so mm. so, and he's gonna play with Travis, who's coming next week if God will and like if all, all the chips fall in fall into place and he's reviewing that for IGN, so I bet it's gonna be like an eight. I would be surprised because Travis doesn't get tens, <laughs> so he rarely like he never he, he never does actually, so and with that, Paul, that is the end of this week's episode. Uh. Where can people find you
1: as always y'all can find me at dork of art on twitter i think i have been posting I, I, yeah i've posted a couple times where i've broken a couple of things uh the latest one actually was from phantom liberty the one time it actually broke i had to reset the game um just
0: for a brief you time posted anyway, it because uh, i had notifications on for your post and i didn't see it
1: i'm gonna Go see if I can find it real quick. But basically, yeah, I, um, it was, at least I attempted to. Yes, it is there, in fact. Um, and it is me in an elevator with Idris Elba. And he's saying it's, uh, it's my job to notice things like this moments after you phase through a sheet of metal. Um, so <laughs> it's just very, very great timing for like a weird texture issue um but i that was the only time i've ever had that happen and then one time where it was kind of stuttering around i reset the game and it was fine but
0: by the way um my just breaking news people if you have your playstation app check your phone uh like i just got a notification from sony says introducing sony pictures core uh and oh yeah their movie thing their new movie thing it's uh Because they they, they didn't have one. So it's like, buy Gran Turismo based on a true story. Discover the movie app from Sony Pictures fine-tuned for your PlayStation console. To celebrate the launch, PlayStation owners can buy Gran Turismo based on a true story now on Sony Pictures Core. For new releases to timeless classics, enjoy up to 2,000 movies available to rent or buy in the highest available format, including Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and more coming soon. Plus, discover the the largest collection of IMAX enhanced movies and exclusive behind-the-scenes clips. So... That's in your PlayStation if you care. So, I don't.
1: I opened my app and I didn't get the notification for that, but I did see it on Twitter where you get a collection mm-hmm. of movies uh available with one of your memberships. But yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it, another one of those. Like subscribe, like there's way too many subscription services. So yeah, uh, you can find me at a underscore drosegobia on Twitter slash X, Alan 93 on on Instagram and Threads. and my written content uh, currently at seasongaming.com and at Whatchamacallit, thecriticalcorner.com. I had a brain fart there. So. You
1: got it. There you
0: go. <laughs> so, yeah, it's got, gonna... and then I have to potentially record more later today, but that will be already done by <laughs> the time everyone listens to this episode. So, Paul, I'll potentially, maybe, maybe not see you next week, depending how uh, the whole thing with Travis, like, if Travis we'll thing see goes how it in. goes, so, but
1: I'm hoping I can join in.
0: Yeah. And everyone, thank you so much for uh, for listening to this episode. We appreciate you. We're getting close to like uh, breaking another milestone in audio. And I'm very happy about that. And uh, hopefully we can just keep on growing. And uh, and until then, keep playing all the million different games that are still happening in this very busy season. Enjoy, hopefully, cooler weather now that we're in the middle of fall. Hopefully now feels fall for many people and. Regardless of that, go touch some grass, play some games and Press X to play.
1: Good night everybody.
0: A celebisa baby.